Okay, just a quick sound check. There's a sound at the back. Thank you. So during this 3.45 session, each afternoon from now on, we're going to be offering uh, guided meditations to develop what are traditionally known as the Brahma-Vihara practices. And for those of you new to this practice, these Brahma-Viharas are four skillful states of heart and mind. The first of which is metta or kindness, which many of you are probably familiar with. And metta is the one that's most commonly taught on retreats like this. But uh, over the course of these, uh, this retreat, we're also going to be touching into the other three qualities, which are compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. And together, these are known as the Brahma-viharas. And this phrase is not only difficult for me to say, it's difficult to translate into English It's usually translated as something like heavenly abidings or sublime states or sometimes the four immeasurables because when these qualities are practiced to their fullest extent, they can be offered equally, unconditionally to all beings everywhere. They're also referred to as the heavenly realms because Cultivating them is a very direct way to experience deep happiness. But the kind of happiness that comes from cultivating these heart qualities is a bit, a bit different from what we usually think of as happiness in uh, ordinary life, where most of us get our happiness from different kinds of sense pleasure. And as we've been emphasizing, there's nothing wrong with sense pleasure in and of itself, but it's when we want it to give us lasting satisfaction that we get into trouble. So the Buddha offered us a very different way of developing happiness, not so much by trying to manipulate all the conditions out there in order to make us happy, but to train our inner states, our hearts and minds, to develop these skillful (laughs) states that are so conducive to ease, to happiness, to peace, and to freedom. So the Buddha emphasized rather than putting our attention out there, we need to bring it in here and train how we're relating to our experience. Because everything that we do and think and say starts with an intention in the mind. So many of you are probably familiar with the opening lines of the Dhammapada. These are a collection of quite short verses attributed to the Buddha. And in the very first few lines, he says, All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a corrupted mind, and suffering follows as the wagon wheel follows the hoof of the ox. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a peaceful mind, and happiness follows like a never-departing shadow. So this invitation to cultivate our inner states Those opening lines are sometimes also translated as we are what we think. With our thoughts, we make the world. 
Many of you have already had that experience just in the first few days of the retreat, how we're constantly, as Joseph was saying, see through, seeing through different lenses that color our relationship to our experience and can either lead in the direction of happiness or in the direction of unhappiness. So these four Brahma-Vihara qualities, they're a very powerful invitation to train, to orient, to incline the heart and mind in the direction of happiness. And one reason that I wanted to uh, at least touch into all four of them is that all four of them together very powerfully reinforce and support each other. Just as with a piece of rope, if it's just a single strand, it's easier to break. But if we have four strands of rope twisted together, the rope becomes very strong. The other reason we wanted to bring in all the qualities is that because usually metta gets the most attention, it can give the impression that metta is somehow supposed to be the default response to everything. And depending on circumstances, that's not always true. Sometimes actually compassion or equanimity might be a more appropriate response. So we'll be touching into those later in the retreat. But this afternoon I did want to start with metta because in many ways metta is the foundation that all the others grow from. So there's a a short verse from Longchen Rabjampa who was a 14th century Tibetan Buddhist monk who explains the relationship between these quite poetically. He says... Out of the soil of friendliness, metta, grows the beautiful bloom of compassion, karuna. Watered with tears of joy, mudita, under the cool shade of the tree of equanimity. So metta is the soil of friendliness. And as many of you know, this word metta is usually translated as loving kindness. But in many ways, this is not such a helpful translation because in English it can sound, at least to my ears, a little bit sort of wishy-washy or sentimental or even naive. And the loving part, again, in English, the word love has come to mean such a huge range of emotions. So we, we talk about loving ice cream, you know, which is a fairly banal kind of love. But we also have the concept of uh, romantic love that we see in cheesy movies. And this kind of love is usually very unstable. It's very emotional. It's very exclusive. It doesn't last. So in many ways, it's actually the opposite of what this quality of metta is pointing to. So these days, many Pali scholars translate metta as just simple friendliness or kindness or goodwill. And hopefully that makes it more accessible to just think of it as kindness rather than loving kindness. In fact, in some of the discourses, metta is translated as non-ill will. So hopefully that makes it even more accessible. If there's even a trace of non-ill will, then we're in the terrain of metta. So how do we do it as a meditation practice? Although the Buddha stressed this quality over and over, he didn't give a whole lot of instructions in terms of actual techniques. There's really only one sutta in the Pali Canon where he talks about 
simply abiding with one's heart filled with metta and then radiating this energy to the north, the south, the east, the west, above, below, and all around. So there's a bit of an assumption there that we can simply start with our hearts abiding, imbued with loving kindness, which for most people, well, I'll speak for myself, for myself is often quite a... um, quite a high bar to begin with. So I think that's possibly why later on in the Buddhist tradition, they developed this uh, method of reciting phrases. And that's the way most of you are probably familiar with practicing metta, by silently reciting phrases that evoke these different qualities and offering them to different categories of people. So with that method, which I call the reciting phrases method, the invitation is always to start with where it comes most easily. And traditionally that was to start with ourselves and then move to what's known as a benefactor then a good friend, a neutral person, a more challenging person, and then lastly, all beings everywhere. So over the course of this retreat, each one of us is going to be offering a session on these different Brahma-viharas so that you get to hear at least five different ways of approaching it because we're all different and there's no one right way. So for example, some people find it really easy to visualize the person that they're working with to see them in their mind's eye. Other people find that kind of imagination really challenging but they can feel the energy in the heart center, in their bodies. Some people find the words and phrases very supportive, helping them to evoke those qualities. Other people find that those words get in the way and keep them in their heads. So over the course of this retreat, we really just want to encourage you to explore for yourselves what we'll be offering here are kind of templates that you can really customize to find what works for you. Because one of the aspects of the Brahma-vihara practices that I really appreciate is that you can't really do them wrong. It's hard to accidentally develop too much metta. At least, it hasn't happened so far. I'd be happy to be proved wrong. But generally speaking, we're on safe ground here. So this afternoon, I'm going to start with the traditional way, which comes from the Vasudhimaga, of um, offering metta. Usually it's to ourselves first, but as many of you know, ourselves is not always the easiest place to start. So I'm going to start with a category known as the benefactor. And this is really any person in your life who has helped you in some way or offered you support shown you kindness, perhaps being a mentor, a teacher, a spiritual teacher. It could be a family member, perhaps a kindly aunt or uncle or grandparent. Could be someone you don't know personally at all, but you feel inspired or warm when you think of them. For some people that might be His Holiness the Dalai Lama or one of the teachers of Joseph and Sharon, the... uh, Deepama, who some of you know of, a very highly realized uh, Bengali teacher. 
So there's many different, uh, it doesn't matter so much who the being is, so much as that when you think of them, there's a natural sense of warmth and appreciation. So it could even be a pet, for example, or a small child, a niece or a nephew or grandchild. And just a couple of words in relation to this. Some people find Brahma-Vihara practice quite challenging. And the key is to really focus on the intention more than the emotion. So even if you sat here for the next half an hour and felt like you were just mechanically reciting these phrases, that's still time well spent. Because it's like we're planting seeds in the heart. And we don't know when they may ripen. The idea is that we're cultivating the intention. Whether or not we get an emotion is secondary. In many ways, the emotion or the feeling are a byproduct. They're not the main goal. And for me, at least, it was a relief to hear that because in the beginning, I thought I was trying to manufacture some kind of oceanic bliss. And when I couldn't just conjure that up at the drop of a hat, I'd get very judgmental and then I'd get angry with the practice and so on. So this is really about just gently inclining the heart and the mind in the direction of kindness. And having said that, sometimes we need to have metta for our non-metta. So whatever may come up for you to see if you can meet it with this attitude of kind curiosity. So in support of that, I'm going to invite you to really connect as best you can with your own well-being. Because the more you can feel a sense of ease or relaxation, some degree of comfort, the easier it is to incline in the direction of kindness. Just a couple of tips, too, about working with guided meditations. Some of you, this might be quite a new practice. So the words that I offer, the pacing, the rhythm and all of that may not, in fact, probably will not sync exactly with what works for you. So what I offer is intended to support you in the direction of kindness. You don't have to think too much about the words or catch every one of them or learn the phrases or get all caught up in um, the content of what I'm saying. If you find the words are getting in the way, then just let them be in the background and stay with your own experience as much as you can. If you find that even that, you're finding some reactivity, then it's also completely fine to drop the practice for a while, to come back to the home base of the breath and simply know that you're breathing in, know that you're breathing out. That too is always time well spent. And then if or when you feel ready, you can gently reconnect with the metta practice. Okay, so let's begin just by settling into a comfortable sitting position. Again, where you can feel some sense of ease and stability. Coming home to the body and getting that felt sense of the whole body sitting.
Feeling the support of the earth beneath you. The support of the ground beneath your feet and your legs. And the support of the cushion or the bench or the chair beneath your sitting bones. Just letting the lower half of the body settle and soften and relax into the support of the ground beneath you. And then inviting the spine to become just a little straighter and taller without forcing or straining, but finding that natural balance of uprightness and ease, alertness and calm. And then as we did the other night, taking a few moments just to scan through your own body for a couple of minutes, bringing awareness to any areas of your body where you tend to habitually store tension and inviting it to soften, relax, release. Just a few moments of silence now to scan through your body and inviting this sense of ease. And then bringing the awareness to the experience of breathing for a few moments. Just that simple rhythm of knowing that you're breathing in and knowing that you're breathing out. And you might notice that with every out-breath, there's a natural softening and settling and letting go. Breathing in and breathing out, inviting ease.
And then taking a moment just to notice if there's any sense of ease or well-being, pleasantness, anywhere in the body. Not forcing or manufacturing. Just taking a moment to tune into any aspect of your experience right now that might be somewhat pleasant. Or if not pleasant, then neutral is fine. And then staying connected to whatever sense of well-being is available to you right now. Bringing to mind this being who you think of as your benefactor. Imagining them here in the room with you today. Perhaps sitting in front of you or to one side or maybe at your back wherever it feels appropriate. Bringing them to mind in as much detail as you can, particularly whatever positive memories or associations or interactions that you've had with them. Connecting with their good qualities everything that you appreciate about them. Visualizing them or getting a felt sense of their presence or simply silently reciting their name whatever works for you to feel a sense of connection to this being your benefactor. And as you bring them to mind, you might perhaps notice some flickers of warmth in your own heart center, the chest, or perhaps a sense of aliveness or appreciation. If it helps you to connect with this, you may put a hand on your heart. Feel your own aliveness. Any flicker of warmth as you bring your benefactor to mind. Feeling into this quality of kindness and well-wishing, benevolence, warmth, metta, And then imagining this energy of warmth being offered to the benefactor as you silently recite these phrases of well-wishing. 
May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. So continuing in this way to bring to mind the presence of the benefactor, what you appreciate about them, to bring awareness to any responses of warmth and metta in your own heart-mind, and then connecting with the meaning of the phrases. And if at any time you notice that the attention has wandered, you can simply begin again. Perhaps bringing a hand to your heart as a physical reminder, reconnecting with the benefactor and silently offering the phrases of well-wishing. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace.
as you continue to sit in the presence of your benefactor, to bring to mind everything that you appreciate about them, and to extend this energy of warmth and kindness and well-wishing to them, imagining them really opening to and letting in your metta, seeing them smile, their eyes become soft, their shoulders relax, their energy brighten as they take in your metta. And then imagining them turning to you with this same attitude of goodwill, warmth, and kindness. Imagining them offering the same quality of metta back to you, yourself. Opening to and taking in, receiving now this same metta, the same wish of well-being. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I know peace. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I know peace. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I know peace. And as you open to and receive this well-wishing from the benefactor to connect with this reciprocal flow of metta being offered and being received, expanding this energy of metta now to include everyone here in the hall with you today, all of your fellow meditators, bringing to mind their faces, their presence, and including them in this field of metta, of kindness, offering it out 
and receiving it in return. May we be safe. May we be healthy. May we be happy. May we know peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.